Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. You can be seated if you can. Like I said, Wednesday night, if you can, I'm not sure where you're going to go, but (laughs) if you have your Bibles, Matthew 14. We're going to continue on today in our series, Accelerate. The Lord wants to expand you, increase you. Things are accelerating in your life. How many of you can testify things have been accelerating in your life lately? <laughs> I, uh, the first service, the first sermon that I preached of that, it was like that next week. It was like everything, just everything that I had been waiting on the Lord on kicked into gear. It was like full on everything just kicked. And I was like, whoa, Jesus, when you said preach this, I wasn't sure you were meaning all of that. Anybody been there? I didn't, I, didn't think you were, I didn't think you were talking about all of that. And then it just kicks in. I want to tell you, God is kicking things into gear in your life. Expansion and increase is happening in your life. The first week we took a look at uh, supernatural help. That God is sending supernatural help your way. That the things that he wants to expand and increase in your life, he is sending Allos Parakletos has been sent your way to come alongside and help you. Another helper has come. Amen. Another helper has come. Jesus went out onto the boat. You know, remember the disciples. We read the story with the disciples out in the middle of the water and the waves are beating against the boat. The wind is beating against the boat. And Jesus, one word speaks peace. Jesus gets on the boat and immediately what happens? Immediately when Jesus sets foot on the boat, they're immediately four miles to shore. Talk about supernatural acceleration. When God steps on your boat, all of a sudden those things that you thought you were out in the middle of life storms and trials on, God immediately just supernaturally propels you forward, gets you to to land supernaturally. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. God wants to do some immediately, suddenlies in your life. He wants to work some suddenly moments in your life. Like on the day of Pentecost, suddenly. What are we doing around here, guys? We're just worshiping. What are we waiting for? Another helper, the promise of the Father. What is this going to look like? What's going to happen? What, what, what? What are we doing? We're hiding out for our lives. There's, they're after us. They want to kill us. They think we're crazy. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> They're going to really think you're crazy. Suddenly, suddenly, oh, y'all aren't hearing me. Suddenly, 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 <laughs> some of you are still catching up with me here. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly moment, the spirit came upon them. Tongues of fire, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. God wants to work some suddenly moments in your life. That same situation that you seem like you keep going around the same mountain, the same mountain. I said it a couple weeks ago. When are you going to stop camping out in captivity and get into the blessing of the Lord for your life? It's time for a suddenly moment. You need a good kick out of the box you've been trying to maintain. Stop maintaining the grave and get into life. 
Stop maintaining hanging out in the cemetery and get in to the place of life. Well, I like expanding my gravesite. I like the flowers and I want to make sure it looks nice and I, it's all got to be. That's what we do. That's what we're doing. We're just expanding our gravesite, place of death. God wants to get you into a place of new life. Yes. Stop dwelling on the past and what was yesterday and get into what God is doing tomorrow. Yes. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> second week we talked about a God-sized vision you got to take off the medicants code it's time to have the vision of God for your life when you see Jesus and what he's accomplishing in your life you'll take off the code of things that have held you back and begin to run after him you, when Jesus looks at you oh you just go your own way no you're going to be following him following him into the fullness of all that he's promised for you stepping into the blessing of the Lord in your life no longer blind to the things that God has planned for you, but walking into the fullness of all that God has intended. And then today we're going to talk about engaging in what God has set forth in motion for you. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 11 says this, may the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. We've read this every week. Everybody say, I am. I am, I am being expanded. A thousand times more than I am right now. Let's do it again. I'm not sure everybody joined in. I am being expanded, being increased a thousand times by the Spirit of God more than I am right now. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. When Jesus heard what? He heard about what happened to John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been beheaded and he got news of it. And what did he want to do? Anything the rest of us would want to do. Leave me alone. Let me just go. Let me get alone. Let me get by myself. Bless you. Let me get by myself. Let me get alone. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to look at people. I don't want to talk to anybody. Anybody been there before? What are you talking about, Jesus? Expansion, increase. I don't want to expand. I don't want to increase. I just want to get by myself. Leave me alone. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy in, in my depression. I'm happy in being in sad. I'm happy in my limited thinking. I'm happy in my lack of faith. I'm happy where I'm at. Just leave me alone, Jesus. Leave me alone, Holy Spirit. Let me just go, go get away by myself. Let me have a pity party. Let me just go have a pity party. Let me, just go, let me just go rub my wounds and talk about how bad I am and how horrible this situation is and how horrible everybody is to me. Jesus went alone. He just, now, I'm not saying Jesus was having a pity party, but he wanted to be alone. He got word of what had happened. But when the multitudes heard it, they what? They followed him. When they heard where Jesus was going, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and what? He was moved with compassion for them. That word compassion was that he was moved to his innermost being for them. His bowels, his innermost being was moved with compassion. Mark adds in his gospel that he was moved with compassion because he saw sheep without a shepherd. 
moved with compassion for them. And what was his response to them? He began to heal them and he began to teach them. He began to minister to them. He began to reach out, out of his place of hurt, out of his place of loss, out of the place of John the Baptist is now dead, out of your place of comfort, out of your place of feeling like everything's closing in on you, life is falling apart. God is gonna take right in the middle of that situation and say, it's time for increase. It's time to expand. It's time to begin to minister. He'll show you what you didn't see. He'll give you a God-sized vision, seeing things that you've never seen before, looking at the people around you with eyes that you've never seen them through before. Jesus, seeing them with eyes of compassion, was moved in his inner man, and he began to teach them, and he began... Now, I want you to think about this setting for a moment. There's, we know that there was 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. There could be 10, 15, 20,000 people. It's a small city that has followed Jesus out to this place. That's a long day of healing people. That's a long day of teaching. That in itself is a supernatural. I mean, can you, I mean, we use PA systems just for a couple hundred people to hear us. He's preaching to thousands of people without a PA system. That in itself is supernatural. And he's, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's ministering all day long. And when it was evening, verse 15, his disciples came to him saying, there is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. But, when, but Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. And those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. And immediately Jesus and his disciples got into the boat and went, it went over to the other side. Started headed over to the other side. I want to just take a look at this scenario today of what's happening. God is looking for you to engage in the opportunities he set before you. He wants to expand you. He wants to increase you. There's thousands upon thousands of people here with the disciples. He wanted them to begin to minister to. But if all you do is ever look at the lack that's before you, you'll never engage in what God's called you to. Right now, in this moment, in this season of your life, there are opportunities that God has set before you to expand, to increase, to do what you've never done before, to see God do what he's never done before in your life. And it is so easy for us to look and say, well, God, I don't have, or we look through the eyes of fear, but God, what if it doesn't happen? Or what if I'm not successful? Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? We begin to look through the eyes of lack and the eyes of fear instead of looking at what God is trying to do and accomplish in that moment in the season of our life. God is expanding you. He is increasing you by a thousand times. But we have to have eyes of faith, like we said last week, and begin to engage in what God has set before us. Begin to engage in the work that what God has placed in our life to do. It's easy. It's easy to say, well, God, well, we don't have. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough finances. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough people. I don't have enough skill. I don't have enough talent. 
I'm not, I'm not gifted in speaking. I'm not gifted in this or whatever. And God's calling you out. He's expanding and increasing you, taking you into places you've never been before. You're right that you don't have enough. If you had enough, it wouldn't be supernatural enough. God is bringing you into a place where you are totally dependent 100% on him. God's providence, God's providence is secure over your life. You don't have to worry about the providence of God for you. You don't have to worry about God's provision and his protection and his, his safety for your life. I can guarantee you that he's going to come through 100% of the time for you. You just got to step out. There was this little lad hanging out in the crowd. Nobody knew who, who he was. Nobody knew his name. He had five little saltine crackers and a couple of sardines. It's exactly what he brought to the table. We're going to feed how many thousands of people with this? It would be easy, number one, as a disciple to say, one, we don't have enough. Matter of fact, that's, that was said by the disciples. 200 denarii, we don't have enough money. We're, we couldn't even go buy enough food for this people. Even, even using the money we have, we couldn't buy enough. And now you want to do something with this little lad's sardines? The little boy, you know, we're gonna, it's not even enough to feed him. And you want us to, how is this going to work? You just begin to engage. Give what you have to Jesus. He never intended for you to do it yourself anyway. He just wanted you to give what he gave you back to him. It's called worship. You just begin to take what he's given you and say, Lord, I put it on the sacrifice. I offer myself as a living sacrifice to you. I put my fear on the altar. I put my lack on the altar. I put what I have on the altar. I put my influence, my skills, my talents, my abilities, everything that you've given me. I put it on the altar, Lord, and say, here, here you go. Let it expand. Let it increase. Let it multiply. Do what you want to do in my life. That's what he's looking for. Engage. Engage in what God's calling you to do. Engage in the expansion. Engage in the increase. You know, it's easy to sit by and watch everybody else around you get blessed. It's easy just to sit there and say, well, I'm comfortable. I'm good. I've, this is what, I've sat here for 50 years and I'm good where I'm sitting. I'm good. I like this vantage point of watching everybody else do it. I like watching everybody else get blessed. I know nobody in here is like that. But this is for those who are going to listen on the website, on the internet. There, nobody in here, Right? Engage in what God's calling you to do. Engage in what he's placed in your heart to do. And listen, there's, there's opportunities right now. People in this room, opportunities that God has set before you right now, today, this day. God has set before you opportunities for expansion and increase in your life. And out of fear, you've not stepped into what God set before you. Here's my response. When God begins to open doors and begins to set things in motion... Obviously, I'm praying about it, but it doesn't take, I don't need to pray for hours on end after something the Lord's already spoke to me about. If he told me to go feed the multitudes, I don't need to stand there around and pray about it. He just said, go feed them. You feed them. Guess what? We're going to feed the multitudes. I don't know how it's going to happen, 
But he said, we're going to do it. Guess what we're going to do? We're, we're about ready to break bread for 5,000 plus people. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And so my response when the Lord says, hey, you're going to do this. Guess what? He's already probably spoken to me about that. He's already given me a dream, a vision, direction in my life for the thing that he's speaking to me about. And now he's just saying, hey, it's time to engage. It's time to get going. It's time to do what I've called you to do. It's time to get up, get up and get moving. I don't need to sit and pray about it for, for a few days. I don't need to fast about it for a few days. The Lord has already said, do it. I need to do it. Yeah. Just obey. Just have faith. Get out of the boat. Peter, get out of the boat. Well, Jesus, let me pray about it for a few. Well, let's, let's let the boat capsize. Let the boat capsize, and that will tell me I need to get out of the boat. And I'll get out of the boat. I will get out of the boat when it capsizes, and then I'll walk on the water. <laughs> Those, are the kind, right? Those are the kind of prayers we pray. I'll put a fleece out before the Lord about it. It's soaking wet already. Just do it. The fleece is drenched get out do it <laughs> he was moved with compassion for him said you go feed there's a parallel here jesus had spent all day feeding them in the spiritual but he wasn't just going to leave them with the, the spiritual. He was going to take care of their natural as well. There's not one thing that God won't take care of for you. This provision of the Lord, this, this little boy at the right place at the right time with the right resources. He had, he, everything he had was God ordained. That little supply was, was Jesus giving him, God giving him exactly what he needed for that moment. And when it was time for him to step up, he was right there. He had what he needed. Everybody else, you know, Jewish tradition is, and, and we see this captured, that, that they had 12 basketfuls left over. In Jewish tradition, they would carry their supply, you know, like we go to send our kids to school with lunch boxes, they carried baskets. You know, all of our kids go go out with their, you know, frozen or whatever, you know, lunch boxes. They go to school with them. Well, they would carry around baskets with their daily provision in it. Obviously, there was 10,000 people who had run out of daily provision. They had been there all day eating up all of their provision that they had set aside for the day. And now here's one little boy who's got just a little bit left. Jesus knew that they were going to be running out of their provision. And he knew there was a little boy that he had supplied what they needed for that moment. You might just have two little sardines and some, and some rice cakes in your, in your lunchbox today. You know, you might feel like that's all you have to offer. But bring your lunch pail to Jesus and let him dig around in there, pull it out, and you'll end up with 12 basketfuls left over. Just let Jesus use the little bit that you've got, and he'll begin to multiply it and increase it. Expansion. We're talking about supernatural expansion. God wants to accelerate in your life. Right person, little boy. He wasn't there to get the he wasn't there to get the fame, the glory. He just here's my here's my lunch. We don't even know his name. The disciples didn't even record the boy's name. You know, that would be a significant miracle. I think I would have gotten his name. He all he showed up with his lunch, gave his lunch box to Jesus and disappeared right back into the crowd. He gave what he have. 
what he had and he disappeared. We don't even know his name. We don't know his story. He was the right person at the right place with the right time. God orchestrated all of the details of his life. God is bringing you into the right place at the right time with the right people and expansion. He's expanding. He's increasing. He's increasing the tent pegs of your life. He's increasing the areas of your life for ministry. You know, Mandy mentioned it earlier, and I'll, I'll recap on what she said, but each of us is, are to be engaged in the work of the Lord. We, we are great. The church at large is great at institutionalizing evangelism. We're great at making, making business about evangelism. Here's my event. Here's the system to how the event works. I, I, listen, when it comes to Night of Hope and our system, we've, we've got a great system. We can, we've, we've worked this out to a science. Not only have we worked it out, we can press repeat every month and the system works. Not only does it work, we can give it, we've given it to other churches so they can hit play and it works in their church. It works. The system works. We've got a great institutional evangelism. But that's not the focus. Jesus didn't call us to be an institution. He didn't say, upon this church, I'll build my business. Amen. Evangelism and discipleship is personal. What we've done is, in, with regards to Night of Hope and the ministry of the church, it creates a context for you to be equipped and go out. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. I'll say that again. We've created a context for you to be equipped and to go out. I'll say that again. Apparently this is a new concept. We're just, we're, we'll percolate on this for a minute. The church is, is, we've created a context. The church is a place for you to be equipped and to go out. You are to receive something here. That there is, we don't just get to work, we don't come together to worship, to feel good and rub each other's backs and go home and do nothing. I, I really sense that for some of you here today, the expansion that the Lord is bringing about in your life is learning how to take what's deposited here on a weekly, multiple times a week basis and carry it out to your jobs and your family and your school. You can take what the, the listen, Night of Hope, and, and church and out, Easter outreach, all the things that we do become a context for you to practice. Hey, I'm Zach. Good to meet you. What's your name? Darius, good to meet you. Are you from the area? Great. I'm just going to keep shaking your hand and make you feel awkward. You know, what's, tell me, what brings you here? And you begin to engage in conversation with them. You begin to, I'm just practicing hearing from the Lord today. I may be totally off, and, but I, I just want to encourage you. I just, God has great things for your life. He has a good plan for your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to love you. You just tell him the truth. Well, that sounds like something you can tell everybody. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a great way to look at that. You can tell everybody God loves you and has a plan for your life. And I'm telling you, you're not going to miss it. You're not unscriptural if you tell them that. <laughs> it's real simple. It's real easy. Expansion. God wants to expand and increase you. He's placing you with the right people at the right time. Well, what if I never see that person again? Sow the seed. 
Feed them. Give them what you have. Begin to share the fish and the bread that God's given you to disperse. I think about Esther. When, when God was ready for Esther to step up, there was Esther. When he needed Esther in the king's palace, right person, right place, right time, she came forward, accomplished what God had said in her life to do. When, when God needed David with his slingshot, God moved David up to face... The, you come to me with a spear and a sword. You're attacking my Jesus. Let me give you a little bit of this. Let me show you what my Jesus is all about. When he was ready, David moved forward. When God needed someone like Martin Luther, who wouldn't keep his mouth shut after he got a revelation of justification by faith, salvation by grace through faith alone, he opened his mouth and wouldn't back down when everybody wanted him to shut up. Now, Luther, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. You're going against what the church has taught for so long. You know, listen, God will take you in the place of obscurity. When you are in the place that nobody knows your name, nobody knows who you are, nobody knows what gifts or talents are on the inside of you, and it doesn't really matter. God will take you in the place of obscurity, move you forward and use you for his determined plan and purpose and move you back when he's ready. But God will move you forward and increase you, expand you, use you in the season that he's predetermined. Just let him use you. Engage with what he's called you to do. Yield to what he's called you. Well, I can't. I won't. I, I don't. Just engage. Have the eyes of faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. I'm going to keep saying it. Have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. It's not about your skills. It's not about your talents or your abilities. Have faith. Launch out. Pastor, I've heard this before. Then do something. Engage with what God's called you to do. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm, I'm busy about doing this and this. Listen, I'm not talking about what you're engaging in in ministry here. I'm talking about what God is calling you to do. That may involve something here at the church, but I'm talking about you on a personal level. What is God speaking to you? I, um, you know, this past week I talked about, let me just give you a personal story. When we were talking about engaging, one of the things that the Lord has put on my heart for a long time, long time to do. This, is, this predates being here. It, it predates probably even being in New Orleans, it this is a long-time dream vision to have a house, have a, have a home. Somebody here today is going to give me a home. Bless the Lord. You say, Pastor, you just, you just say, no, I'm not saying that. I'm, somebody's going to give me a home. I just believe that by faith. There's, I've been, one of the things, I believe that there's a home. We're going to have a home where people, where we have trained people that can come in and teach people how to live healthy Pray for them for healing. Then come in. These people, guests can come in and live there for, you know, six weeks or a month or six days, however long. Come in in a saturated environment, in a, in a saturated environment of worship and prayer. Get healed. Get taught how to maintain their healing, how to live nutrition, how to exercise, how to take care of themselves and, and go out and live it out in a daily life. That's been something that I've wanted to see happen for a long time. 
And I, and I just felt like the Lord said, we need, you know, obviously we're going to take baby steps. So how are we going to take baby steps? We're going to start a, a healing place. We're just going to start it, call the healing place, and have a, have a place where people can come here to the church on a, you know, weekly or semi-monthly, however it works out, basis, where people come in. We have an environment where people can get saturated prayer, 30 to 30 minutes, 45 minutes of just being prayed over being encouraged, having the gifts of the Spirit in operation. People get ministered to and walk out of the building healed. That's, that's the plan. You know, so you all don't have faith. I have faith this is going to happen. It's already happening. Let me tell you how. So two weeks ago, I said that. Uh, Lord, accelerate. We're just going to preach on acceleration. Been, have this vision. Have this dream floating out there. The same time the Lord's speaking to me, it's time to step out. The same time the Lord's speaking to me about stepping out and that we need to launch this, even on a small scale. He's speaking to someone else, go figure, who is wanting to lead a similar ministry, who has this vision, has this burning desire in their heart to lead this type of ministry. I happened to say something, just highlighted over it at the, at the business meeting, what we wanted to do. I didn't go into great detail. And they been percolating, burning, and then two weeks ago I said, accelerate. I had a meeting with the person for something totally different. Had a meeting with this person for something totally different. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm meeting, and I had other people in the meeting, and I'm sitting there in this meeting thinking, I'm meeting with them for something totally different, but this isn't what I need to be asking them about. I need to ask them about this vision about the healing place, but I really don't. Now, if now's the time to do that, but we'll just, you know, we're all just humans. Well, is now the time? Lord, let me figure this out. Should I ask this person? Should I not ask this person? Do I need to do this? Do I not? When the Lord said go, I'm still sitting there saying, are you sure about that, Lord? Do you think we need to do that? Is this the right time? Is this the right person? Go! And I'm like, I don't know. And so we walked through the meeting with what the meeting was scheduled for. And the person was just looking at me with a dazed look like, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what, and I said, well, let, let me throw this at you. This is what I really feel like the Lord is saying. Let me just throw this at you, and I'll get out of my natural man and tell you what I feel like the spirit man is saying here, and began to lay out the vision, the overall vision of this healing home, and what God's going to do through the healing home, and what God's been speaking and doing and saying, and the person's eyes just lit up. That's what the Lord's been speaking to me about. I'm so excited. I said, well, I need to go get somebody else in this meeting who also thinks that same thing that I think. They think the same thing. So let me go get out. There's, there's another person I think that's saying this too. I think the Lord's speaking to them. Let me go get them. Hey, can you come get in this meeting too? And so we have this meeting. And all of a sudden, things begin to launch. Now the healing place is the leaders are in training mode. They're getting trained. They're assembling a team and getting everybody trained. It's a process. But... By faith, that's happening. And somebody's going to give me a home, and we're going to have a home, and we're actually going to start this in somebody's home. But anyway, begin to expand, increase, increase. Everybody say increase. increase. Say, Pastor, do you think someone will give you a home? I absolutely do. Yeah. Is that possible? Yes, I absolutely believe that's possible. I'm just crazy enough. When God says to do it, let's do it. Just launch out. Just step out. Just say, God, you've spoken. Well, we need to, we need to figure out what it's going to look like and have our plan. I'm not saying it's not bad. I have, I've been sitting on a plan for about 15 years. I've had the plan. I had the download. I've been sitting there waiting, waiting for the Lord to say go. Just get out. 
I don't know how more emphatically I can say this. There are people here this morning, right now, the Lord has been speaking to you concerning things that He is expanding and increasing in your life. And you're holding on to your bread and your fish. It will never multiply until you get it in Jesus' hands. It will never multiply until you get it in Jesus' hands. You can eat your bread and fish and be content. You can go home and eat your bread and fish and watch everybody else get blessed when you had an opportunity to get multiplied. There's an after story to these bread and fish. We don't think about this often, but there's a, there's a bit of an after story. One, God was glorified. They all thought Jesus was a prophet as a result of this. It created a lot of stir. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, got upset with Jesus because his disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate the bread. I mean, it was a big mess. I mean, really, we just, we just serve. We just, isn't that just like church people? We just serve 20,000 people, and you're worried about my disciples not using hand sanitizer? I mean, that's really, that's really what it was all about. That sounds a lot like religious folks. Well, pastor, they just need to wash their hands, make sure they're clean. Yeah, but bless the Lord, we just serve 20,000 people. Can you rejoice? I'll be sure to correct that on the system side when we get back and have our discipleship meeting with all the disciples. We'll talk about that. Now, boys, you know, you're supposed to wash your hands before you serve the food. You'd be surprised. I've seen this actually happen. I've seen, I've seen people, we're, we're in the middle of doing the, the outreach act that's actually called Feed the Multitudes in New Orleans. And I've, I've watched people serving the food get irate because we didn't have enough gloves. I'm like, didn't have enough gloves? Thank the, just, we're outside. We're feeding 5,000 people. You're going to get upset about this, really. But I, people just irate over the silliest things. Serve the food. The same Jesus who blessed that food and killed the germs will kill the germs in your hand. We'll just get, bless them, Lord. <laughs> It's funny some of the things we come up with, right? God was glorified. But it's interesting, the disciples in Mark chapter 6 and verse 52, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, we're going over. I want you to get in the boat, go over. I'm going to go pray. I want you to get in the boat, go over. Storm comes up. Waves are beating. Wind is beating. It's a mess. Jesus comes out walking on the water. This is the Peter and Jesus story. Jesus comes walking out on the water. They're freaked out, thinking it's a ghost. Peter has the whole conversation, if it's you, Lord, call me out. But it's interesting what verse 52 says. For they had not understood. They were fearful. They're in absolute fear and chaos in the boat. And this is why. why. This is why. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. How crazy of a moment with the Lord to see 20,000. I mean, I've seen, I've seen food multiply. I mean, I, I've actually, I've watched this. I've watched this miracle of food multiplying. And, and I've seen this actually a lot where God will take very small amounts of food and you end up with a lot of food left over and nobody can figure out why. I've seen this happen. 
I've seen it happen here. I've seen it in other places. I've seen multiplication, supernatural multiplication happen. But I've never seen it on this scale. I've never seen 20, 10, 15, 20,000 people that large of a scale, starting with three sardines and, or a couple sardines and five loaves of bread. You know, not leaving loaves. They're like, you know, salting crackers. That's quite the miracle. But I would, I would have to imagine that I would like to think in all my spirituality that I would be so amazed and so mesmerized by the Lord that when the storm on the water comes up, I'm going to be, ah, oh, he's got this. We just saw, we saw the sardines. We just saw the, we washed it with our, we were the men picking up the, we were the boys picking up the 12 basketfuls. We're good. We saw this. We got it. No, but that wasn't their response. They, they went back to a place of fear. They went back to not seeing what, what God could do in their life in that moment. Their heart became hardened and they missed what was going to happen right before them. And so I want to encourage you on the after story of the fish and the five loaves. Is that allow God to continue. Don't regress. Continue on pressing into the Lord. You may have had great encounters with the Lord 20, 30 years ago, five years ago, last Saturday, whatever. You may have had a great encounter with God. But it is the natural tendency of man to allow the fire and the passion of God in our heart to go out. That's why Paul told Timothy to fan into flame, to fan up, to stir up, fan into flame. The gift of God that's on the inside of you. Don't let it die. Don't let it stop. Don't allow the miracle and the opportunity with the Lord of expansion and increase to harden your heart. I've seen this time and time again where people will encounter God or they'll be in a great service. Maybe it's happened to you. You've been in great services here at the church, but you've allowed instead of your heart being softened, your heart's gotten hardened. You sit in judgment. You sit in complacency or fear or worry. And instead of stepping out and saying, God, stir up the fire in me again. Lord, expand me and increase me again. Lord, I thank you for the fish. I thank you for what you did with those 10, 15, 20,000 people. But there's got to be more than that. You're the God of the impossible. You're the God of miracles. You're an eternal God, never ending. There's got to be more to your love than what I've experienced to this date. There's got to be more of your peace than what I've experienced to this point. There's got to be more to your joy. You're an eternal God, so that means your character is unending. It's a never-ending ocean. I can keep diving in deeper and deeper and never touch bottom. So, God, there's got to be more. God, there's got to be more than what I've tasted and seen. God, I thank you for healing all those people. It's awesome. And I love you and thank you for it. But God, there's got to be more to you than what I've seen. What tends to happen, though, is we're too busy building our kingdom, our name, our fame, and we miss the opportunity to enjoy God. We miss the opportunity to know him more because we're too busy trying to build something that he never intended for us to build. I jotted this down in my study. Let the testimony of God's work in and through your life be recorded on the hearts of man, not in kingdoms and palaces that will soon be a heap of ashes. When you begin to 
step into the enjoyment of God. You begin to give what you have. All of a sudden, the testimony of God's faithfulness is written on the hearts of the people you're ministering to. It's no longer about you, your name, your kingdom, or what you're building, but it's about Him. It's the testimony of God at work in their heart. Look what God's done. I had nothing. I had, I had fish. <laughs> I had sardines. I had sardines and we ended up with a fish, fish dinner. I don't know how that happened. Had nothing to do with me. I had absolutely, because we're absolutely overwhelmed by who God is. Absolutely overwhelmed by his character. Absolutely overwhelmed by his provision. So today, you're standing at the precipice of launching out into expansion and increase. Launch out. Do what God's called you to do. If he said, go feed the multitudes, then get busy. There's a lot of people to feed. There's a lot of hungry hearts that need the gospel, that need the sustenance of the gospel. There's a lot of broken people that need you to love on them. There's a lot of people that God has already foreordained for you to minister to. In His providence, He's already orchestrated and set the plan in motion. Just yield and get on board with it. The sooner that you yield and get on board with what God's doing in your life, the more enjoyable your life will be. If you're here today and you find your life not very enjoyable, my salvation's a happy salvation. I'll say that again. My salvation's a happy salvation. I enjoy the Lord. Does that mean that hard times don't come? Absolutely they come. Does that mean that hardships don't happen? Absolutely they happen. I mean, let's, let's just, I mean, you want to sit for a few hours. We can talk. But I don't, go, I don't need to go around boasting in all of my hardship. I'm boasting in my deliverer who's brought me out of them all. <laughs> He's brought me out of them all. He's brought me out of them all. He's brought me, some people are still in. <laughs> they must still be in. He's bringing you out of them all. There's not one trial, one hardship, one situation that God has not already created a plan for you to get out of it. Just let him, let him take you. My salvation is a happy salvation. Walking with the Lord is a joyful thing. It's not a drudgery. If your salvation has gotten drudgery-ish, is that a word? Drudgery-ish. If it's gotten hard... <laughs> If you feel complacent in your salvation, then become like David and repent. Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I've been trying to do this in my own for too long and it ain't working. Drudgery comes in when you're trying to do it. Hardship comes in when you're trying to do something. It becomes easy when God does it and you cooperate with Him. God wants you to operate from a place of rest. God wants you to operate from a place of rest. That doesn't mean laziness. Rest does not equate laziness. Rest is coming from a place where God is in operation and you are yielding to Him. God is doing the work. You don't have to figure Him out. You don't have to, you know, I love when we, when, you know, especially at the altar time when you're laying hands on people, because, you know, it's real obvious. People are trying to figure out the Lord. 
You don't have to figure him out. You don't have to figure out what's going to happen. Well, what if I end up on the floor? What if I laugh? What if, what if God does this? What if God does that? What if God takes a left turn when I want him to go right? What if, wh- who cares? It's, that's called striving. That's called keeping you awake at night. That's called stressing you out. Who cares what direction he's going to go? I am safe and secure in my Father's providence. And it doesn't matter whether he goes right or left or how he does it because he's got my best interest at mine. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Then why are you worried? If you're walking with him, if you're his and he's yours, and you're in this heavenly romance, then there's absolutely nothing that you need to be worried about. So, Pastor, you don't worry. Hey, I'm not perfect either. I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am you. We all have to be reminded. I'm resting secure in my Father's providence. He's got this. He knows what He's called me to do. He knows where He's placed me. He knows every detail of my life. And there's absolutely nothing that's caught Him off guard. This is all part of His plan. And He's going to be glorified in it all at the end of the day anyway. And I'm going to enjoy Him in... I'll wrap up with this. John 15. John 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Fruitfulness is produced by abiding. You cannot produce fruitfulness apart from the vine. So why try? Stay connected. Rest. Rest in Him. You don't see a branch on a tree striving. <laughs> I want fruit, I want fruit, I want fruit. <laughs> I know it's silly, but it's true. You don't see the branch having a meltdown because it's not having fruitfulness. The, the dependency on the branch is on the tree. The sap that flows from the trees flowing into the branch. Fruitfulness comes because it's connected to the, the main tree. If you've gotten unhappy, how's your connection these days? By this, verse 8, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. You know, some people interpret that, they read that and say, well, I, I've got to be fruitful, I've got to produce fruit, so that God is glorified in my life. And we get, on, we get in this motion of striving to produce fruit. Well, God's got to be glorified in my life. And if God's going to be glorified in my life, then I've got to produce a lot of fruit. And so I'm going to get busy about being fruitful. When God never called us to be busy about being fruitful, he called us to abide. And then the fruitfulness happens. And then Jesus said, verse 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. In other words, your joy is connected to abiding in Christ. Your joy is connected to your fruitfulness. If you want to be fruitful, find joy in God. 
and then fruit happens. Abide. It's time for expansion. It's time to increase. Let him expand. Let him increase you. It's time to accelerate. Engage in what God's called you to do. Why don't you stand with me? How many of you this morning you say the Lord's been challenging you about acceleration, expansion? Lord's, it's time to expand. Wave at me. It's time to expand. It's time to expand. Anybody? It's time to expand. Just keep waving. It's time to time to expand. <laughs> it's time to expand. It's time to expand. Hallelujah. 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 I said it Wednesday night, you have an anointing from the Lord. There's an anointing on your life that God has placed uniquely on you. It can only be expressed through you. It's unique. Nobody else has the anointing that God's placed on your life. It's unique. Your expression of His power and presence is unique. You have an anointing on your life. If you're born again, there is an anointing. That anointing needs to increase. It needs to expand. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, is upon me for He has anointed me. Christ the anointed one is the anointer and he's anointing you with the Holy Spirit. The power to get the job done. The unction to function. <laughs> power, the anointing. It's time to increase. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Skill won't do it. Skill won't do it. Just because you have good talents, good skill, it's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's not about your abilities. It's getting it into the Master's hand, getting your life into Jesus' hands the anointed one, getting your life into the influence of the anointing. I say it Wednesday night, just, just because a duck can fly doesn't make him a pilot. Skill doesn't, skill doesn't mean a thing in the kingdom of God. He's looking for anointing. His anointing is what attracts him. That anointing oil, the smell, the fragrance of heaven on your life, it's what attracts him. Skill's not an issue for Jesus. Jesus can give skill all day long. He created, he creates skill. He speaks and skill happens. But the anointing is precious. The anointing oil is precious. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. It's God coming upon you. Skill, God can speak and skill happens. That's not a big deal. But the anointing, it's the empowerment of God on your life. Thank you, Jesus.
time to expand. It's time to increase. What's the Lord been speaking to you? What's he speaking to you right now regarding increase, regarding expansion? What's he been stirring on your heart? What dream, what vision has he placed in your heart? Maybe maybe many years ago that you've never seen to come to fruition that God's now saying, launch, go out, it's time. There's someone here this morning that I just sense the Lord has been speaking to you about launching out with moms, young moms, doing something for moms and, and moms with kids. And you've thought, I don't have anything to give. I'm, I, have not, I am not skilled in that area. Has the Lord anointed you for it? What's he anointing you? What's the anointing on your life for? If he's called you for that, he'll, he'll equip you. called you this morning to you have a you have a skill and a, but more than a skill you have a skill for this but it's more than a skill the Lord's anointed you he's given you supernatural wisdom and insight in this area with regards to finances and he's calling you to assist those that do not have that anointing or skill you say I don't even I, I'm not sure where even to begin just set your feet in motion. Sometimes when the Lord speaks to us, it's just going to your, your spiritual leadership. It's going to your pastor. It's going to your small group leader. It's going to someone in one of the ministers and saying, hey, I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to launch out in it and I'm not even real sure what it looks like or what it, and I promise you, if the Lord speaks to you about something, chances are he's already speaking to somebody else about what he's speaking to you about. It's not going to come as a shock or surprise to any of us. Hallelujah. I just sense the Holy Spirit. You say, what are you doing, Pastor? Some of you are just trying to figure me out. You're not going to figure me out. I just sense the Spirit, Holy Spirit just speaking to people right now. I want to give him room to speak. can't even figure me out. Don't try to figure me out. As the wind blows, so is the spirit. I don't know where he starts, where he's going. You just see the effects. Increase. Increase. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.